Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. So it's so good to be back in Adelaide. There's a funny thing. I've had so much water in my life. I'll tell you a little bit about that later on. But um, I brought the water with me. And uh, it is a prophetic sign of the rain from heaven. The Holy Spirit rain that God wants to break out in this place. And I'm here to, to stir you up, to sow faith in your spirit, to sow the seeds of of faith and hunger and curiosity and lean in towards what God is doing right now across the world. But you know what? He chooses places to put His hand. He doesn't just kind of throw it out because the church is God's vehicle for revival. The church is God's vehicle for salvation. The church is God's vehicle for introducing the work of the Holy Spirit. And so when God gets ready to to pour out His Spirit across the world, He looks for churches. He looks for individuals, but He looks for churches individuals in churches that understand that God is about to move. And I believe that's what God is doing right across the earth. And I wanna encourage you, the Secret Garden is a conference, it's celebrating 20 years of BU, which is, I stand before you feeling like an old lady. 20 years, like I can't even believe it's 20 years. But you know, 20 is two times 10. For those of you like me that aren't good at math, I looked that up and, uh, (laughs) sorry. Um, 20 is two times 10 and 10 represents completion. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I am completing an era. I'm double completing an era. I am putting a stamp on it. And I am saying we need to dream forward into a new era, a new season in God, a new season of the Holy Spirit, a new season of the gifts of the Holy Spirit poured out in the church, a new season of strength in your life, a new season season of creative thinking, a new season of just innovation. You know, I was just thinking before sitting on the front row and and just allowing this to, to mull in my spirit and the word that I have for you this morning, I, I believe is a prophetic word. I haven't even told you about conference yet, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I really want to preach this word. But come to conference, girls. 
26th to 27th of August. I believe that this conference is gonna be a shift. There are a few times in my life, I remember when we went to the last women's conference before Pastor Bobby Houston took over the women in this nation and everything changed. And God said to me, this is a shifting conference. And I went to that understanding what God was doing and watching and seeing what God was anointing and seeing what God was taking His hand off. And this conference is the same. And I promise you, if you want to be part of what God is doing in the future, you need to be at this BU because God is going to reveal it like He's never revealed it before. And that's not just hype, I promise you. God has spoken so deep into my spirit. It's exciting. Next year is called Dreaming, a new era. Ah, uh-huh, come on. Dream time, dreaming, a new era. So, anyway, what am I doing? Oh, no. It's all right. I think I did that before once. Just remember, just a second. I'm going to need that because a steam train's about to come through this place because I feel so, so passionate about the word that God has given me. The last word I preached like this was called Satan wants to sift you. I'm telling you, I preached it right at the beginning of COVID before we knew what COVID was. And God spoke to me and He said, I want to sift you. He spoke to me personally, but when He speaks to me personally, I know that it's a word for the church as well. And if I can live through what He speaks to me, then I have permission to ask you to come on the journey with me. And I'm telling you, my message this morning is called Enlarge Your Tents. It is time for you and I to enlarge our tents. I don't know anybody who hasn't at one season or another either wanted to or has extended the place where they live, put on another bedroom, built in a patio or pergola or carport or whatever. I remember we were living at Gillis Plains when we first got married in a 12 square house, whatever that means. It was very small, it was like a shoebox. And it was great for Pastor Ashley and I. It was even great when Mark, my oldest son, came along. But when I was pregnant with Nathan, I realised that a newborn child could not live with the 23-month-old tornado that Mark was. And I thought, God, I, <laughs> we need to extend. Now, I asked a guy in the church if he would help me His name was Rudy Rolls. Anybody remember Rudy Rolls? What a phenomenal man. I think he was from Yugoslavia. And I knew that I was in trouble. On the first day, he started measuring and coming. And I'm like, you know, pregnant with Nathan waddling along after him. Pastor Ashley is working hard. And I said, I'll take care of it, honey. And Rudy says to me, you know, in Yugoslavia, the women work in the fields then they just have the baby, they squat, have the baby, then strap the baby on their back and just keep working. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, good. He had me pick up all the bricks in my Gemini, the boot of my Gemini. I had to go to the brickyard while I'm pregnant and put all the bricks. He made me count them. And then he made me unpack them and stack them up against the house. He said, you did good, good work. A little slow, but good work. <laughs> I literally built that whole thing. I was his builder's laborer. I was mixing concrete. I was <laughs> the funniest thing was, I chose this, this um, heavy wooden door. It was a, a vintage door because it was gonna be between the existing lounge room and the bedroom area. And I wanted it to be really solid so that if we had people over, um, we wouldn't wake up the baby in the other room. And so I, <laughs> I bought this door that I couldn't lift. And someone got into my car and Rudy helped me get it out, and it came time to fit the door. So Rudy, who, <laughs> he was built like a tank, and he was so strong. He was an old, older gentleman, um, but he was so strong, and he hands me the door. He goes, here, hold this. And I'm like, <laughs> genuinely nearly died. And he's just casually drilling the hinges in, you know, and I'm like, Rudy, and you can't hold things close to you when you're pregnant. You know, you're like, anyway, I, we got that extension. We enlarged our house and got that extension with a lot of hard work and in time for Nathan to come and ready for the new life within me to live in it. It was worth every bit of sacrifice, every bit of hard work, every penny it cost to buy those bricks. It was worth it because I had enlarged my house so that the life within me could live in it. It's time, church, to enlarge where you dwell. In Isaiah 52, 54, sorry, 2 verse 4, Isaiah says this, or God really is saying it through Isaiah, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle their desolate cities. Do not be afraid and you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. Now your tent is talking about the area of influence that you have responsibility over. I want you to think about everything that you, it's not just your house, it's not a physical thing. Your tent is your area of authority, your area of domain, the, the area that you have been given. It might involve a family, a wife, some children. It might involve a work space that you have been placed as a leader over a team. It might involve finances that God has given you and includes a bank balance. It will involve any of your things that you own or things that people influence, people that you have influence over, that is your tent. And God is asking you to expand, to enlarge. You know what is really interesting to me? 
when I started to study this chapter in Isaiah, Isaiah is talking to people who are in captivity at the present time. That blows my mind. How can I enlarge my tent while I am a slave, while I'm in captivity? And I feel like when I was writing this message, I thought there's so many reasons There's so many excuses we can all have where we feel restricted. There's so many areas where we feel like there are excuses why I can't right now because of finances. I can't right now because of my health. I can't right now because I'm looking after my sick father. I can't right now because of my my teenage children and they're taking so much energy. And I can't right now because I'm about to move jobs. I can't right now because things are difficult. We can make a million excuses. And here is Isaiah talking to a group of people who are still in captivity. But I wanna tell you prophetically that God doesn't just expect us to respond when things change. He gives us warning and He says, come on, Start to enlarge your tent now because I'm gonna do something remarkable in your life. And it's almost like if we build it, He will come. If we extend, if we enlarge, our territory will increase. If we do not hold back as the Word says. Do you know, God is wanting us to look to the future not the past. It says, stretch your curtains wide. Stretch your curtains wide. See beyond where you are now. You know, the whole world has been in a pause, in captivity by COVID. The whole world has gone into shrinkage mode, the world, the world has gone into survival mode. We didn't, didn't know how, how bad COVID was gonna be. We didn't know what was gonna happen and the, the economy's bad and the po- politics are bad and the whole world has, and I believe the enemy has deliberately tried to put the church of God into a captivity. He's tried to put you and I in a captivity Captivity of fear. And God is saying, it doesn't matter that nothing seems to have changed on the outside. I want you to understand that the future is gonna be different. And I want you to understand that I need you to get ready to enlarge. What I find interesting too is God doesn't say, let me enlarge you. Just let let me enlarge you. Let me take care of this for you. I want to do something on the inside of Lee. Let me enlarge you. No, it's a command. It's directional. He says, you enlarge the borders of your tents. We have to do it. It's pretty crazy. He doesn't say wait for a good season. 
Wait, wait, wait for when you feel the circumstances are good. Wait till you feel when you're rested, when your health improves, when your finances improve. Wait until you, your leader gives you an opportunity. Wait till you get noticed. Wait till um, whatever it is that is causing a captivity and a ceiling on your life. God is saying enlarge now. I'm wanting you to brush that aside. Forget about the fact that you're in captivity. Forget the restriction and begin to get the mindset of enlarging. You know, the children of Israel dwelt in tents made of goatskins. So the covering was goatskins and a goat had to die in order for the tent to be made. Lots of them, actually. The bigger your tent, the more goats died. How many goats have you got in your back garden? No, silly. But there are things in our lives that need to die in order for us to enlarge things in our lives that we have to put to death. Sometimes we have to do things that make ourselves afraid just so that we can conquer the fear that has kept us in captivity. Sometimes we need to count the cost and sacrifice financially Something we've been keeping back for a rainy day because God wants to remind us we can't take it with us when we go. And why not live in a larger space of influence? Why not live right now in a larger place where you can provide shelter, not only for yourself, but for others? Sacrifice is always associated with enlarging your territory. Every inch of territory you and I possess now has been fought for, purchased with a sacrifice. If God wants to enlarge you, and He does, the suffocating pressure that you feel right now, that cramped space, that limitation, that feeling like, is this all there is to it? Is, is there no more for me? Is this where I need to just settle? Is actually a catalyst allowed by God to make you feel uncomfortable. You see, in those days when the family grew and increased and more children came and they may have servants and they may have livestock and they would shelter under the same roof, as that family grew, as that person's influence grew, as their affluence grew, it became very uncomfortable living in close quarters in a cramped space. And God said to them, enlarge. You see, skins shrink in the heat of the sun. When there's pressure, our natural tendency is to become smaller, not become bigger. We shrink down our footprint of influence because we give ourselves excuses as to why we cannot 
do as much as we did before. And God is saying, no, in the heat of the sun, I want you to enlarge, not shrink back. I wanna talk to you about the last eight weeks in my life. I wanna tell you about the crazy, crazy that has happened. Ben, who, my son Ben, who is 19, he's going into his second year of college, was at a certain college and during exam week, they emailed him and told him they were canceling his course due to lack of funds. So he has to find and either switch courses, which he didn't wanna do, or find another college in his summer break while he's trying to study and do his final exams. So we then, Ben and I had to go looking at colleges and doing all the visits and the interviews and all of that kind of thing and we had to find him a new college. Then Ben was involved in a car accident that was not his fault but nearly totaled Pastor Ashley's car. Pastor Ashley's car was in the repair shop for six weeks. Ben then drove his car and got a flat tire. He took it to the place and it turned out he needed three brand new tires, mum, please. My fridge, I came down one day uh, in the morning and my fridge had leaked over the entire surface of my kitchen floor, just randomly leaked. And the floorboards were completely buckled. So I needed to get my floorboards replaced, not just fixed, they needed to be completely ripped up and replaced. I got COVID in this process. Ben's bathroom that we had replaced two years prior fell through the roof again in the garage and started leaking everywhere because there were, the plumbing that the guy did two years ago was really bad and it started leaking all over again. I spent a lot of money getting that bathroom fixed and I just stared in horror as water literally rained down on my car. It's a lot of water. Pastor A, I got COVID, so Pastor A had to stay in a hotel room for two days uh, on his way back from Australia, which is a terrible thing. Um, so he didn't come home and get it. While that happened, the power was switching on and off at 1 a.m. The air conditioner was making weird noises. Google Home started making weird noises at one o'clock in the morning. And there was a screeching noise downstairs uh, ben and I were huddled together in our bedroom, in my bedroom. I'm like, he didn't even care that I had COVID. I'm like, what is that sound? Um, we still don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> then the kitchen sink started leaking after they put the new floors in. We had to move out of our house for one month. After they put the new floors in, the kitchen sink started leaking through the insincorator and uh, fortunately didn't damage the floors. We were just kept... Um, uh, soaking them up with towels and we had to urgently get a new insincorator. On that same week at 3 a.m. in the morning, we heard a mighty crash and Ben's wardrobe, all the shelving in his wardrobe with all his clothes hanging on it, crashed through the wall in his bedroom. I can't, I promise you I'm not making this up. Then Mark and Lauren, who were living in our basement, moved to Nashville. 
all through this time, we're packing boxes and getting them moved. The new fridge was delivered with a massive forklift dent in the door so we couldn't open the fridge, but nobody wanted to take it back. And after 32 phone calls, Pastor Ashley finally got called a delivery company himself and delivered it back to the front door of the... (laughs) I can't imagine Pastor Ashley doing that. To the people we bought it from so that they could refund our money so we could buy a new fridge. We still do not have a new fridge. We moved the old fridge back inside before I came and we have containers that we are switching around trying to stop the leak on a fridge that is not even plugged into a water supply. Yeah. I'm like, where is this water coming from? Then Ben had another car accident last week in Pastor Ashley's car one week after it came out of the repair shop. And this time it was his fault. (laughs) And I'm here. He is very lucky. All while preparing a BU conference in two countries. I'm telling you, I would have gone out of my mind if it wasn't for the fact that Pastor Ashley this whole time was preaching a series on increasing your capacity. (laughs) I'm like, will you stop preaching? Because I have to live it before you can teach it. He said, darling, it's all about your attitude. He was like, I promise you all through this, he was like, don't be so negative. It's like in a, in a good way, like a faith way. Come on, Jane, don't be negative. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all my world. I've got to def- defrost and fro- free. Do you know how many times I defrosted and underfrosted my food that in my fridge that was in my garage that kept, anyway, you don't want to know. It's just really annoying. So my instinct is to feel sorry for myself, but I know Pastor Ashley's preaching on increase your capacity. And the more he preaches, the more I get thoroughly and totally convicted. And I know that God wants to do something in me. I know that my capacity is shrunk because I've been so unwell for the last three years. And that's another whole story. I will not bore you with that. But it has created a fear, just being transparent, a fear on the inside of me that I can't do what I was called to do. I can't do as much as I've done in the past. Every single person I talk to, my doctors, everyone is saying, you can't do as much. And in my spirit, I just hear God say, enlarge, enlarge, enlarge the place and the, the, the perimeter of your influence. And I know it's a God thing. I've had so much water, I was laughing because there's water leaking here on the platform this morning and I'm like, oh yeah, bring it with me. That's an air conditioning problem, Pastor Josh. I'm really good at diagnosing them now. It's right above the air conditioning vent. But hear what, hear what I'm saying and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church this morning, that there are no, there's no excuses for us not to enlarge because we don't have to do it alone. Here's the thing, I'm not having God saying enlarge the borders of your tents. And He says, then He says lengthen. Well, then He says, do not hold back. Do not 
hold back. That's a word for somebody here. You've been holding back. You feel like you should be doing something, but God's saying, but, but your natural mind, the natural circumstances are saying, no, hold back. Hold back's not sensible. It's not wise in the natural. It's not, it doesn't add up financially. It's not good for your health. I'm telling you, none of those things are obstacles to a God with whom nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And I really, really want to encourage you. The Bible goes on to say, lengthen your cords. Lengthen your cords. Whatever is already there, keep it going in the same direction and strengthen it. I don't know what you need to lengthen your cords because when you add a new dead goat, at least it's skin, to your influence, when you've paid the price, when you have that sacrifice, then you need to lengthen your ropes because it is the ropes and the stakes that keep you safe in the storm. It is the ropes and the stakes that stop your tent blowing away. It is the ropes and the stakes that keep your family safe. It is the ropes and the tents that keep you in shelter. And I really felt like God say, For some of you, those ropes are more knowledge, more learning, more like to, to, for me, I need to learn languages. God is challenging me to learn languages. I love learning languages. I'm gonna learn Spanish and I'm gonna learn Bahasa Indonesian because I wanna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ across the world, because that is what enlargement looks like for me. And I wanna ask you, what does enlargement look like for you? It'll look different for every single one of us because every single one of us is called to different territory, to have a footprint on the earth. And the enemy hates one thing, he hates us taking territory because you know who we're taking it from, Him, but it belongs to us anyway. God has already given it to us from the beginning of the foundations of the world. I was called, you were called for purpose. You were called to tread out your territory on this earth and have a great impact. Not one person in this place was called to no impact. No matter where you are, no matter what your circumstance, you have been placed in an environment that you can impact and that you can enlarge into because God's calling you to. And I'm not just talking about stretching because when you stretch something, it goes back. God says, stretch out, but enlarge. Enlarging is permanent. Stretch out the cords. What is it? Is it, is it your, your wisdom, your knowledge? I, I've written some of this down somewhere. I'm, I'm all over the place, but it doesn't matter. To create consistency in the same direction. God is wanting you and I to do that. You know what? you're not alone. You don't have to do it in your own strength. You see, 
When I enlarged my house, when I put a new room on my house, it was because I had new life in me. And that new life came through relationship with Pastor Ashley. If you here are in this place and have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is His desire that He will continue to implant you with new life. And His desire is that we continue to reproduce in the spiritual sense. And some of you in the physical sense, just not me anymore. So you don't have to do it in your own strength when God says to enlarge you. If you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, with God the Father through Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit will give you the capacity, the ability, the keys, the opportunity, the resource to enlarge. You know, I got here, I, I came to Australia in faith. My doctor said, you really shouldn't travel. And then I told them, oh yeah, I'm going to Indonesia as well. And she looked at me, she's like, I don't think, I said, no, I'm going, I'm going to Indonesia. And the day after I got here, I woke up. You can ask Pastor Nancy, she's sitting on the front row, totally fine the day before. I woke up, sneezed 50 times and instantly had a terrible sinus infection green pouring out. I'm like, oh, God, what is going on? And I started to feel the old fear. I started to feel that heat, that shrinking. I'm listening to people's words saying, you won't be able to do it. You can't do it. You should shrink back. You should pull back. And all the while, this word is burning in my spirit. Enlarge, Jane. Enlarge. Enlarge. Ignore the circumstances. Enlarge. So I go to Dr. Max in the city to get some forms so I can get into Indonesia. So I'm walking into Dr. Max's, having this, this conversation with God, saying, God, I'm fearful. What if, what if my body doesn't hold out? What if, what if, what if? I, I don't know, you probably never think like that. I literally got a notification on my phone I'm walking, I'm about 15 meters from Dr. Max's front door and I look down at my phone and I got this message from Pastor Dave McCracken. Hi, Ashley and Jane, praying much for you this morning. Praying an iron dome defense of the Holy Spirit from anything that would seek to deplete you or your family members. I pray this day to be one of experiencing Father's love, protection, wisdom, revelation, faith-filled insights, joy, and overcoming grace. Yes, I'll have everything he mentioned. And listen to this, that the illegal invasion of distraction will not deter your pursuit of that which is both courageous and bold. 
And as I was preparing this message, I felt like God said to me, I sent that to you so you could give it to the people on Sunday morning. He wants you to know that the illegal invasion of distraction that the enemy has brought into your life to stop you from enlarging and constantly make you living in chaos so that you don't feel like you've got the headspace or the spirit space or the energy space to enlarge. It's like an illegal invasion from the enemy. And I felt like God said to me, we're going to do some business this morning. We're going to stop that illegal invasion in its tracks and it will not succeed. It cannot succeed because God has spoken with His Word over your life and that is enlarge the borders of your tent. And the enemy knows it is illegal, but if he can get away with it, if he can get you to think that it is just something you can't avoid, it's something that, you know, you're getting older, Jane, and your body, you know, you need to be kinder to it. What a load of rot. I wanna be smart, absolutely, and I've been smart and I've followed all the things I need to follow, but I'm telling you something, it will not and it shall not cause me to shrink back because God wants me to enlarge and He wants the same for you. He says, don't hold back. And I love this bit. For you will spread out to the right and to the left and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And this is what I felt God say to me. Some of you have overcome huge obstacles to be here in this room. Some of you have fought. Some of you have paid such a huge price. You have already sacrificed. You've, you feel like your whole life has been a fight to establish territory for yourself. And God is saying, okay, that is wonderful. I am so proud of you, but I want you now to do it for the next generation. I want you now to do it, not just for the next physical generation, but the next spiritual generation that God is gonna bring into this place because I felt like God has said to me that I, He's gonna bring an increase. You see, this was written to a people who were coming out of captivity. This was re written to a people who God was saying, I want you to enlarge your tents right now in captivity despite the circumstances. Why? Because I'm bringing exiles into your place from all over the world and I need you to be ready to accommodate them. That's why at the beginning of this chapter, it says, sing, O barren woman, and you which have not born children, for more are the children of the barren than the children that of those who've born born children, I mean the children, yeah, the, you know, the reproductive women. So what, what is that saying? God wants to bring babies into this place. He wants to bring exiles, people that have been living in slavery. He wants to bring people that need to find shelter and find, and you know what? It's not the church that looks after those people. It is you and I that look after those people. 
I was, I was remembering having a chat with Larissa Jones via Instagram. And she said, can you remember when I got saved, Pastor Jane? I remember vaguely the time and I said, oh, I remember every single thing. Just like a mother remembers the details of the birth of her child. And I went through and I said, you got born again and then Vanessa got born again and Vanessa's boyfriend got born again and Vanessa's um, boss got born again and then your mum and dad got born again and she was just weeping over the, you know, emojis, emoji weeping. Um, <laughs> But I said, you know, I looked, she said, we used to sit in the cafe at nighttime after the church was shut. And I would open the church up and we'd sit in the dark in the cafe and go through the Getting Started With God book week after week after week. You see, when God brings babies into the church, they're not someone else's responsibility. He is wanting you and I to bring them under our shelter and our tent because He's gonna cause your neighbours to reach out to you and say, hey, you still going to that church? Can I come with you? He's gonna bring people through those doors that He needs you to enlarge your tent now so that we can. It's like, if you don't prepare the nursery, they're not gonna come. And this is like preparing the nursery, but God gave me this because it's personal. Every single one of us need to have room to, to embrace one, two, three. Imagine if revival broke out. Imagine if God did what we're asking Him to do. And this room was doubled in size. Every single one of us would have a new baby in our house to look after. And I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge you. The Bible says, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them. That is the commission to every single one of us not just to a few pastors, not just to a few with an evangelistic gift. God is wanting, He's stirring the nest and saying, come on, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. 
He's a father. He's a friend. And you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer. And wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.